You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. We like that. You like that? I just said that we liked it. You like that? Dex just sent us a link, actually. Kirk Cousins on the Adam Schefter podcast today. Mm-hmm. And I believe he is sitting inside the Vikings practice facility. For those of you wondering, does Kirk ever show up anymore? Does he show up to work? Does he support his teammates? I believe he did this from a Vikings quarterback room. I think he's been, um, I think they've talked about, he's been there a lot. And I think he was trying yeah. to help Dobbs. So, yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think there's much there as far as um, smoke and potential fire as far as like, is he dedicated to the Vikings? No, still? He's, he's definitely, he's definitely dedicated. Unless it's a Tuesday. There's like that's a, a whole other discussion. That's a off day, yeah. There's a Teddy Bridgewater like poster behind him too, like some type of canvas thing behind him as well. Yeah. I, by the way, pour one out for Teddy B. Retiring yeah. after this season. Good for you, Teddy. Hey, good. And, hey, dude, he played far lo- longer than I expected for a guy whose leg snapped. Yeah, it's cous- it's cousins and Bridgewater are the photos. Are those like the the starting quarterbacks by Must lineage be. or something? I, yeah, I, I don't know how that. Where's Keenum? Where's Keenum? Where's Bradford? Bradford? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's kind of, well, to find they out. They took him down. They forgot about him. How could you forget about Case Keenum and the magical carpet ride? Well, this is all good fodder for, I think, I think we're going to start doing this maybe weekly, if, if not weekly, regularly between now and maybe even the NFL draft. Just a, it, it, let's call it a bonus episode once a week or close to it where we just dive into the state of the Vikings quarterback situation. Now, obviously, the next few weeks, like Nick Mullins was named the starter for this week. So we can focus on the micro or we can zoom out. I have a mock draft for you guys today. We can do a little of both, like sort of the the next week, what it might look like, and then the big picture, what it might look like. Uh, one of the questions Adam Schefter asked Kirk Cousins was a very bold question. He said, hey, all that Shanahan 49er stuff from the past few years. What's it like watching Brock Purdy go in there and run that offense that maybe you should have or could have run at some point. And Kirk kind of laughed it off and said, ah, it's like, yeah, watching that girlfriend that maybe could have been yours. But I don't think, I don't think the Niners steam is going to continue for a fourth year here because they may have the MVP of the league right or wrong at Brock Purdy. But yeah, check that out. Kirk cousins on the Adam Schefter podcast. Before we dive into a few key questions about the Vikings quarterbacks, let's shout out our friends at three Jack Declan, a great place in the North loop, especially since golfing season is, is over for the outdoor crowd. Not at three, Jack. Though, I, I got some new gap wedges for uh, for the for the birthday boy over the weekend. Oh, gap wedge. Football. Let's go. I uh, well, I, I, to be honest, will they make a difference in my game? Probably not. But at least it's in the bag, and I just don't want to stare at them for four months before the weather warms back up again. So at least I can go to my friends at Three Jack, get some swings in, get those loaded nachos, get that open steak face sandwich. Great food options, and yes, great golf options as well. Especially, uh, you know, you're taking some time off, right? Holidays coming up. You're not going in the office. Go book a bay at 3Jack. You can go do so at 3Jack.com. Go check them out. Mention Purple Daily, too. They'll give you a free pint. 
with any menu purchase items. So get those loaded nachos and get a free beer. Sounds nice. like a great deal to me. Go check out Three Jack in Minneapolis. Definitely. So, okay, Jeremy Fowler reported initially that Nick Mullins will start again this weekend. And then Kevin O'Connell essentially confirmed it at his press conference. Was it yesterday? So Mullins is going to get the start. Jaron Hall likely to be the backup just like this past week. So according to PFF, I'm just going to give you on a 0 to 100 grade where PFF had Nick Mullins in a couple different spots. So overall, they had him at like a 66 grade out of 100, which would put him in any, like for the season, if he was a 66 grade quarterback, he'd be outside the top 20, which wouldn't be shocking. But here's what's interesting. When he was kept clean, his PFF grade was 78 and a half out of 100. When he was pressured, and we talked about this last week, we said this dude has been a mess when he's been pressured in his career. Watch out for that. When he was pressured, he had a 38 out of 100 grade per PFF. Passing concept, when the Vikings ran play action, which they did on 42% of dropbacks, just to give him an extra, hey, we're going to fake the handoff, run game was effective, give you the extra deception. On play action plays, Nick Mullins had a 91 grade on a 0 to 100 scale. When there was no play action, when it was just, hey, drop back and gunsling, 44 grade out of 100. So I I know it's a one-game sample size, but if you're going to start Nick Mullins, Run the ball, play action, give him help, yeah. deception, give him as much help as possible. If you're going to let him drop back and also feel pressure, good luck against that. Well, the, the Lions defense is kind of a train wreck, but Aiden Hutchinson in particular is one that I would be a little nervous about. So among normal starting quarterbacks, I would not be inclined to say this because if you have a starting caliber quarterback i believe that that player should have the ability to be empowered right like you know if something breaks down you can make a play nick mullins to me is the opposite i don't think you empower him i think that that you because because he is who he is like his career his resume doesn't lie and his resume is not going to be changed he's not going to reinvent himself yeah and so i think you nailed it phil i think what you do is you have a very specific you have a very, I have a very specific for, set for of skills, particular set, of, set skills. of skills, and I'm going to d- destroy the Lions. But, you know, I think that this is on O'Connell, too. Like, this is what you do, man. And it can't be this is my system. It, it has to be what can this guy do? And I understand. You know what? Dobbs got his chance. I don't disagree with the move away from Dobbs, but I completely disagree with trying to run what you might for Kirk Cousins. And by the way, I think Kirk at times for sure has to be managed, too. But I think when it comes to Nick Mullins, it goes a step beyond that. And I think when you have him drop back, when when you're within field goal range, okay, and I know you want six. I know you want six bad. But when it's like, okay, a sure three points here, or I've got this essentially loose cannon. I've got this loose cannon, and I don't know what he's going to do. I think you run the ball. I really think you do. And, you know, I don't know if if you're O'Connell, how can you get the it's seared into your head now. Nick Mullins falling to the ground in the grasp of a defender and somehow thinking he could get rid of the ball to throw it out of bounds like that's seared into my head now. And And even if he throws it out of bounds, you're in the pocket. It's grounding. The the whole thing was just a disaster of decision making. And it's just not worth it. Like, there's nothing that you're doing that's worth it. Take the sack. Okay, I don't like that either, but 
but at least you can kick a field goal off of that. So yeah, I I think that the, these last three games, if Mullins is indeed the guy for all three games, I think you have to manage what you allow him to do through play calling. I think it helps too uh, in the silver lining uh, we talked about on Monday that just having Justin Jefferson back on the field does open things up. Jordan Addison had a big game. T.J. Hawkson had a big game. Obviously, Ty Chandler, you know, finally gets explosive enough, and they're going to feature him more. And yes, there shouldn't be a situation as Vinny uh, has numerous takes on this exact situation. <laughs> the I think Vinster. mom's home. Um, but uh, but if 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 you're not going to make him throw the ball 35, 40 times, yes, run the ball with Ty Chandler. Execute some screen plays. Do what you can. So on the screen thing, I'm glad you brought that up because this is always sometimes we, I think. I feel like a lot of football fans complain about screens, but rightfully so if you're a Vikings fan. They ran four screens in that game for 12 yards. Yeah, see, this is a problem. Four screens for 12 yards. They did complete three of them, so three three for four, nice little 75% completion on the screens. But, 12 uh, yards. but, but they only gained 12 yards on four total screens. It would be a nice weapon if you could bust that out. Just another thing, play action screens, just... Just keep this guy insulated because it's like a run, pretty much. Yeah, like is that that's an extension of your run game. Yes, exactly right. So, yeah, I I think that uh, I think Sunday's game is going to be as much a referendum and reflection on O'Connell's adjustments yeah. because I I'll go back to what I said before. I don't think you could expect Nick Mullins to change. It's his DNA. So like you can say, hey, dude, you can't do that. But as you said, Phil, he's a gunslinger. Yeah, but he yeah, doesn't have a conscience. He's he seems less likely. So he's if you give him three hours to play football, right? He's probably going to have two or three short circuit plays, and those mm-hmm. plays are less likely to happen if you're insulating him with play action, avoiding pressure in some way. Like you're gonna, but at some point too, if you're Nick Mullins, you're not going to get a clean sheet for three hours, and you're not going to be able to just do play action on every single pass. Play. No, so you're gonna you're gonna have to drop back and not go blue screen of death once in a while. That's on you I, as the quarterback. I'm just talking too about getting through these last three games. Like I'm not even, cause yeah, this is not a long-term thing, but like, what can you do? Because you're right. Um, and, and look, the reality is this, the touchdown pass that, that Jordan Addison basically took off his, his uh, shoe tops. You go back and watch Nick Mullins through that completely blind. Like that was a dangerous pass. It was that that was sort of a blue screen of death in which Jordan Addison was the tech who saved his ass. Well, well the the other touchdown to Jordan Addison kind of was too, right? Wasn't that like a jump ball in between three or four defenders in yes. the end zone? And he- so there's a, so there's a certain amount of this, but you're just not going to get away with like five of those or six. I mean, at least a couple of them, as we saw, are going to blow up in yeah. your face. So okay, next question then: Under what circumstance would you turn to Jaron Hall? You know, here's my thing, and I'm the one who said last week, I totally got this. I wouldn't play Hall. They're concerned about Hall. Uh, And and from what Doogie told us on the scoop today, it sounds like there definitely is a concern about, you know, putting a fifth-round pick back in. He played against the Falcons, but he didn't play a quarter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was never drafted to play as a rookie. All of that being said, my threshold now is far smaller. Um, if Nick Mullins takes it upon himself to make a hero play or two in the first quarter and throws a pick, but it's also the mentality too, right? Like he's got to know, dude, you can't do this consistently. 
I make the switch. I'm sorry. I can't sit there and watch. And and, and if O'Connell, if O'Connell thinks he's going rogue, you really make the switch. Because like right now, I'm blaming O'Connell. But if O'Connell's like, well, hell no, he went rogue, then he's out. I I would have far more faith that Jaron Hall will at least listen to me mm-hmm. than than be like, I can make that play. I can force that pass in there. Um when you're falling to the turf and again you throw the ball and it gets picked off because you I've never seen this before. You throw it into the defender's belly. Like that is I can get a rookie to do that. And, it, and it's it is really unfortunate because if you I know you can't take away these plays because they are baked into the fabric of who Nick Mullins is. And the, and, right. they, and those plays are huge reasons why he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL, right? Because right. he made plays like that in San Francisco as a backup. But if you take away, let's just let's just take away three plays, the first two interceptions, and then the the pick six that wasn't. He played really well outside of those three. He, there were some mistakes and some a couple bad sacks and a couple reckless throws, but like, but that's the difference. Those three plays are the difference between winning by two touchdowns yeah. and losing a game in overtime, yeah. and being a starting quarterback and being a journeyman backup, right? And if you get if you take away those two picks, okay, if you take those away, that's six points right there. You don't go to overtime. Yep. You're up 23-7. Their spirit's probably broken. They don't feel the momentum yeah. change, all that stuff. And at that point in time, totally. guys, you had shut that stadium up. Those people were loud, and you had shut them up. And, yeah, I think the flow, I think the game flow entirely changes there. And so, yeah, like, that's the thing is I don't need you to be great. I just need you to be smart and not screw up. I don't think that that's that much to ask. So, okay, Dex, when would you go to Jaron Hall? And we when talked about this on Purple Daily on draft on Monday with Miles and Tyler, because obviously Forno being a humongous Jaron Hall fan and, you know, getting, getting a so look close. Falcons. He's so close he's to be, getting a Jaren, He's got to be so excited. <laughs> yeah, as he said, outside of maybe Jaron Hall's family and very close personal friends, Tyler Fornis is probably like the biggest Jaron Hall fan. Uh, I think he's is. above the friends, don't you? Yeah, He's, probably. It goes family, Tyler, Tyler. and then friends. And then and some guys were like, really, you're playing? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we all kind of agreed. I mean, nothing short of probably an injury to Nick Mullins is going to give is going to force them to look at Jaron Hall. Outside of that, I would say losing the next two. And then maybe if you have nothing to play for in the last Lions game, then maybe you start Jaron Hall. But they clearly do not trust him. They don't. They don't. They don't trust Jaron Hall. And I'm with I, personally. I'm with Judd that I I can only take so many blue screen of death moments um, from Nick Mullins before I'd have to make a change. Like if he shipwrecks a couple turnovers and it's a similar situation going into halftime, like kind of like what we saw with Dobbs in the Raiders game, I make the switch, dude. But I don't think that they are as prone to do that. I think they trust Nick Mullins mostly to run this offense, and they don't want to put Jaron Hall in a situation where he could wreck the game too. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Well, they don't really trust either of them, but the, but those are the only choices, right? Like they didn't they didn't trust Dobbs by the end. They're dealing with three choices that are clearly less than ideal, and so 
that's where I'm at with this is like, I'm making a decision at halftime. Probably if, if the Vikings can't move the ball, if they're, let's say they're down 17, three, there's a bad turnover. They can't move the ball. Aiden Hutchinson is feasting and I need some mobility. Like I would make a decision at halftime to just try something different. And then I get to get a look at Jaron Hall. It'd be, it'd be nice to know a little something more about him going into this huge off season of quarterback uncertainty. Like where does he fit? Is he, is he Kellen Mond and that you just, he doesn't fit in your organization. Is he okay? He came in, he can be a, he can, he's our backup quarterback now. So now we know we have a backup quarterback. I don't know that there's anything he would be able to do in like two and a half games or a playoff game to say, oh, he is the starting quarterback in 2024. But it'd be nice to know a little more information about him, however that plays out. Well, and last week I disagreed with, with you, and now I completely agree. Because if Nick Mullins is going to submarine your game, then okay, at least I can play a guy that that might not do that. And I want to see... Uh, but, you know, when, when we're talking about the blue screens of death, let's be very clear that, in my opinion, okay, so so the Jefferson pick, the Jefferson pick is the blue screen of death where you take the computer in and they call you back and they're like, we can fix this, no problem at all. <laughs> the second pick is where they're like, you're going to have to buy a new computer. I'm sorry. It's ruined. Sorry. It's, like, like if, I see, if I see it's that dead. again, I don't know how you continue – to play him because I will fault O'Connell for not just basically saying we should probably run the ball here and take the points. Okay. But you can't blame O'Connell for the stupidity of that play. Like that is a, that computer's broken. Like that one, the first one, the first one's a bad throw. It's a bad decision, but okay. You're trying to get a touchdown. The second one, you basically did what I would do, which is, hyperventilate, panic, and say, don't hurt me, please, Mr. Yeah. Defender. And it's funny because it is it is so easy for us to sit here and, you know, I mean, come on, man, just don't do the dumb thing. But can you imagine being in that moment where I did the same thing he did. Well, Drew Locke even said after that game last night, he said a couple of things. He, he was asked about, he, he'll be, didn't he say he'll be confident until he dies or something? Yeah. That was one of his lines. Yeah. But, that, but then everything else he said was, it's just been so long since I've done this and to get back out there and just, you don't know for sure until you're back out there. And Nick Mullins probably felt some of that where, all right, I, you know, I've started some games in the NFL, but it has been a while since I've been put in a full-on situation like this. It is probably hard to, and that's where I'll give him credit. Okay, you got that first game. Everything was moving very fast. Okay, can you, can you keep your high-end performance where it was and then avoid the shipwreck stuff? Because if you can, they're going to beat the Lions, I think. Like, I think they can beat the Lions at home if they don't turn the ball over. But asking him to not turn the ball over is a huge, huge ask to to this point in his career. His his resume does not speak to the fact he can do that. That's the issue. So far. Yep. Yes. Yes. And it's a fairly big sample size. I do have a mock for you guys here as part of the uh, state of the Vikings quarterback discussion. But let me ask you this question. I think we we can kind of track where we answer this throughout the coming weeks and months. So I'll ask you for the first time here. What is your current percent chance you think Kirk Cousins is back with the Vikings on another contract right now? I would say about forty percent. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I think they love him and they do not like this instability. With I know this is you know they're using oh, the fourth. I was saying really like you said they love him. I thought that was low. Oh. I thought forty percent was kind of low. That's why I said oh. Yeah, I I would say 
it's a little less than a coin flip. But I mean, if you would have asked me two or three weeks ago, I think it would have been lower. I, I've actually have moved yep. this agree. stock up to a degree. It's yes, it's still lower mm-hmm. than forty percent, but for me, it's forty percent. I'm completely with Dex on the, the fact that if when Dobbs was going well, I thought, ooh, m- man, this might be an opportunity, especially to go to a different style of QB. But now seeing O'Connell's play calling of late and what he likes to do, uh, I'm going to go 70%. Now, now this totally depends on Kirk Cousins. Because, yeah. again, if he comes and says, I need a three-year contract, and I need it all guaranteed, I think there's going to become a, a financial and business breaking point. But if you're asking me just, you know, quarterback wise, what I think that and, and you know, let's just say for a second that we're talking about football ops. 70 percent. Yeah, I think it's above 50 for sure right now. I'm going to say I think it's like 75. I think it's really high because because you got to put yourself in their in their shoes and their brains here. They're going to get they're going to either make the playoffs or get really close to the playoffs. And it's going to feel like at the end of the year, ironically, if you go back to like 2017 into 2018, it's going to feel like ah, we're like we're a quarterback away. We got unlucky. This thing was ready to pop. We got off to a bad start, but yeah, we couldn't, couldn't if we would have stayed the course, we would have been like an 11 win team, even after an 0 and 3 start. Yeah. And, and Kirk would have been the guy. And now you look at this at the top five defense still, I think it's like sixth or seventh in scoring, like even now after last week. And they're going to come out of this thing thinking, man, if we could just keep it all together, we can still add a couple pieces in the draft, get an edge rusher in here, and just get Kirk. Kirk and Jaron Hall. And we, you know, if they like Jaron Hall, right? That's where, that's where I think their minds are at right now. Now, obviously, if the draft falls a certain way and a quarterback they like starts to fall, but that's the other problem. Like, they're tracking toward nine wins right now. Right. They're tracking toward, like, the 21st or 22nd pick in the draft. Do they want to go into a draft? with no starting quarterback desperate to find one fourth off the board. Like, I don't know. I don't think ask, so. Yeah. Ask me this question again, if they lose all three, because my answer will probably change at that point in time because yeah. of your point about the draft. But the other thing too, is it, it's so interesting because if they do go into the predicament that you're talking about, that's where Kirk even coming off the torn Achilles is going to have leverage. So that's what I'm curious, like how much, how much are the financial decision makers, salary cap gurus, how much are they basically going to say, hey, if Kirk wants three years guaranteed at this age, that don't make sense. And then will Kirk give, which I don't know. And then the extra curveball is what are your intentions with Daniil Hunter, who's going to cost a ton. And I can't really argue against him. Yep. He, Daniil, by all measurements, is a top 10 edge rusher. He's not, I wouldn't say he's top three or top five. The sack totals would, would say that. Pressures, though, pressures or front offices are going to look, look at pressures because it's more of a process, repeatable stat than they are right. sacks. Yeah, sacks. Yeah, good point. And so he's like between eight and 10 in pressures, which is still really good. So he's going to get, now, if we looked at that contract proposal or the estimate from PFF, if Daniil is more like in that $20 million a year range, it might leave you room for a discounted Kirk too. But so Declan's for 40%, Judd's 70%. I'm at 75% on bringing Kirk back right now. Subject we'll to change, change next show though. Subject to change yep. next show. <laughs> yes. Okay. I have a mock for you guys. I want a mock. Mock. Presented in part by our friends at Livia here. Mm. Weight, weight loss season 
it's really always weight loss season if you want it to be, but it is officially here now. Yep, and look at that. Sports Dad right there. A couple of years ago, down 40 pounds. Guess what? Livia Weight Control Centers helped me lose that weight. They've helped a bunch of PD viewers and listeners drop weight, and you can be next. And is there a good deal on the, the table right now? Join today, and you're going to get your first eight weeks for free. That's right. Your first eight weeks for free, you're going to start to drop weight, be down some weight by Jan 1, and then you are off and running into 2024. Just go to Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com, or call 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. Go to Minnesota's best weight loss program three years in a row. Become the latest member of the PD family to proudly say, I lost weight because of Livia Weight Control Centers. Also, a shout-out to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated's all about helping businesses maximize their success through risk management all sorts of resources and people that can help you at federatedinsurance.com where they believe their value is measured by the success of you, the client, the business owner. So Federated's here. Uh, Their corporate culture is grounded in equity, integrity, teamwork, and respect. And those four cornerstones create the foundation that supports all of their interactions and decision-making. It's like having a great offensive line for your business. Find out more at federatedinsurance.com where it's our business to protect yours. I want to mock. Mock! All right. This is from the33team.com, where oh. a bunch of former NFL people, Zim. Mike Zimmer, Zim's wasn't he doing some stuff? Rick Spielman, Spielman certainly is. Yep. In fact, Rick Spielman, there's a video on here. Rick Spielman breaking down, I believe it's Jaden Daniels, the quarterback prospect. If you want to hear Rick Spielman evaluate I don't want Rick, you know what? quarterback prospects. Every position. <laughs> Other than quarterback, I appreciate when Rick evaluates. We are tracking all of the mocks that we do on Purple Daily and across our other podcasts on Score North. And so far, we've done nine mocks. And there's been four of them sending quarterbacks to the Vikings. So Bo Nix a couple of times. One of them was a second round. And Michael Penix a couple of times. So let's go through this. Let's see what the 33rd team has to say. Number one to the Bears, Caleb Williams. Number two to the Patriots, Drake May. Cardinals take Marvin Harrison Jr. Then the Commanders at four take Jaden Daniels, the quarterback from LSU. So three quarterbacks off the board, first four picks. The experts, the experts are going QBs, and I think they might be right. Interesting. Okay, we're going to scroll here a little bit. Ooh, here comes the fourth quarterback off the board. With the number 10 pick, the Atlanta Falcons select Michael Penix Jr. from Washington. I like that pick. So now there's four quarterbacks off the board. We're scrolling down here. Let's see if they're doing trades or not. I don't think so. Okay, we're scrolling. Okay, Vikings at 20. With the number 20 pick. Mm-hmm. In the, this would mean that they, no, they'd be in the playoffs with the 20th yep. pick, I guess, right? With the 20th pick in the 2024 NFL Draft, according to the 33rdteam.com, yep. the Minnesota Vikings select out of the University of Michigan, quarterback J.J. McCarthy. I want a mock! Mock! The fifth quarterback off the board. Here's the write-up, and then you guys can slander this or praise this all you want. The Vikings will be in the market for a quarterback. J.J. McCarthy is raw, but has the traits to develop into a starter if drafted into the right situation. The Vikings can offer that right situation. They have a quality head coach and play caller, 
one of the best receivers in the NFL, and a safety net tight end to help take some of the pressure off a young quarterback's shoulders. So Forno gave us a whole like 10-minute breakdown yesterday on Purple Daily on Draft talking about J.J. McCarthy and how he basically wouldn't benefit from going back from Michigan and he should enter the NFL, but he also needs to be a red shirt in the NFL, i.e. he should not play right away in the NFL. It would be perfect and, then. Kirky boy on a two-year deal, one-year right. fully guaranteed. Huh? And that's what I threw out to Miles and Forno that if he asked a redshirt, wouldn't that be perfect, right? And, and the Wilfs would love that, that they still have the stability of Kirk Cousins. They have their next man in the wings who isn't supposed to start right away. Like, if you drafted J.J. McCarthy, who is a project, you can't have Nick Mullins, Josh Dobbs, insert other Band-Aid quarterback, because the moment you get off to 0-2, the moment you have a bad game, you're going to be calling for J.J. McCarthy. You won't have that with, with Kirk. Like, Kirk will not provide that type of uh, uh, pitchforks if he has a bad game or two necessarily compared to having like Dobbs or Mullins. So yeah, I think in, in a Vic- in the Vikings perfect world, that might be a very ideal scenario. So you'd have Kirk, JJ McCarthy, Jaron Hall still in, in the room. That could be interesting. Nice and um, yeah, I, I mean, I would think if I draft a quarterback in, in the first round, I would really like him to be playing by year two, but I am absolutely fine with him not taking a snap and just learning in the first year. And this is the guy that Doogie on the scoops has, has talked about a bunch. Yeah. I think the Vikings have definitely scouted him quite a bit. So that's an interesting one. Um, And yeah, if Kirk, you know, again, if, 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 but if Kirk takes your contract, if it's not ridiculous, I think it works out now because Kirk's, Kirk's got to be at the age now too, where if there was a time he didn't, he didn't necessarily want his replacement behind him. He has to know that now it's absolutely fine. In fact, they should have that guy. Yeah. So the, the, yeah, the Achilles like injury makes it less offensive that you would look out to the future. Cause you could, you could easily yeah. do doing it before an injury. And he's throwing for 4,000 yards. Like the stats are always there. It would, it would always be like, really guys, I would say I, from an organizational standpoint, you should do it anyways. I mean, hell the Eagles drafted Jalen hurts when they had Carson Wentz, right? Um, but yes. coming off an Achilles, you can say, Kirk, listen, man, like we definitely want you back. Okay. But we also have to be looking out. So we might grab a guy that's going to sit behind you and we'll just see where things are at in a couple of years. So super interesting. And then you could still, cause if you didn't have to use draft capital to move up, to get your guy, if a guy that you like falls to you and you get to keep yeah. your 2025 first round pick, you get to keep your second round. Like that would be a more ideal scenario. Well, if you go up in the top 10, I think you're drafting your starter immediately, right? Yep. But if something falls to you. But yeah, at but 20, at 20, yeah. at 20, I'm very comfortable with Kirk comes back. McCarthy learns. And, you know, Jaron Hall, who knows? We don't know. Yeah. Like, I this, this is not an indictment of him that he's not starting right now. This would also be a good way for all of the JJ, uh, the Justin Jefferson sort of truthers out there that, oh, man, he's going to leave if Kirk's not here. Well. If you could get your look, how excited JJ's been. He got to catch a couple passes from Dobbs, and like he's he gets fired up just to catch passes, right? And to be on a team that wins. But if you can get the quarterback of the future in the door at practice off season, while the bridge quarterback Kirk Cousins is still here, then then it's the best of both worlds. So that's just one mock's opinion. JJ McCarthy, fifth quarterback off the board of the Vikings at twenty, is the thirty third team though. 
It is. Filled with former executives and coaches. I want a mob. Exactly mob. what they're doing, I think. <laughs> yeah. Exactly what they're doing. All right. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Little bonus episode. We're, we'll, we'll keep this, this as a feature going forward here. Just a check-in weekly or somewhat close to it on the state of the Vikings quarterback situation. Purple Daily presented by Quick Trip. See you tomorrow.